I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women and I am a woman. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. This is part two of a four-part um, sort of August special, which is me and Jack Howard Hello. counting down our top ten best and worst in my case, movies. In your case, movies and TV and you know general Things media I have stuff. Things seen. <laughs> and just to explain, if you haven't listened to the first one yet, we did uh, number ten to number six of our best. We're recording this at the Latitude Festival, where yesterday—I mean, not yesterday when you're listening, but yesterday where we are. This is all gone timey wimey already. It's turned into a Chris Nolan movie I already. Love it. <laughs> um, so the noise you can hear in the background is the, the noise of a festival. And is, me and Mark—we didn't say this in the last podcast—but we're together for the first time in over yeah, a year, which I mean, is really lovely. I'm actually looking at his face in real time rather than a pixelated version of him yeah yeah not doing it on zoom is very very strange very very strange your hair has gone absolutely full rock star i'm 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 upset that the podcast listeners can't enjoy this mane the luxurious the luxurious mane what are you using (laughs) is that silver cream you've got a little bit of gray in it i actually i'm enjoying i I want to be silver i want i I think you pull off the oh i'm silver fox silver fox Fox. i'm absolutely rocking a silver fox yeah (laughs) okay so worst of the year and now Many of these I expect you won't have seen because I, my job is I have to plow through everything. Exactly. Your job is to be more selective. So, uh, but also, like if I see something that I think doesn't look great, yes. I avoid it. Yes, of course. I don't want to put of myself course, through that. Because why would you? So, <laughs> look at number ten for me: Six Minutes to Midnight, which is this really, really oddly inert drama uh, with Eddie Izzard, and the it's based on a true story that in the years leading up to the war there was a british coastal girls school for girls who were the daughters of the third reich being taught it was like a nazi school in the run up to the war and uh, eddie isard plays a character who maybe a teacher maybe something else there's a lot of kind of spying and double crossing going on and as i said it sounds true it's also got judy dench in it so great cast great setup great story you know, jim broadbent's in it james yeah. darcy's in it it's so boring really it's completely inert it's like you keep thinking well it, it's it's old-fashioned you know sometimes people say oh like it's an old-fashioned film when i was talking about nobody before you know like it's an old-fashioned revenge movie right not old-fashioned in a good way old-fashioned in a kind of like what well, have people not learned how camera moves work or how right. it is full of people you know doing hello blah 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 blah, blah, blah and you know and i i've watched it twice because the first time i watched it i thought i mean i, I take no pleasure in this I, I i love eddie Izzard. i think she's great but i just it's so dull and so boring and the idea is such a good one i can't figure out how it managed to be quite so unsatisfying so that's mine and i'm sure okay. you haven't seen it i haven't seen it. i've I never think heard of almost it until now nobody has seen it what sort of Englishman would accept a post 
teaching Herr Hitler's League of German Girls. Mein Vater ist Deutsch. I do not like surprises. I will place you on a trial period. So you're number 10. Okay, I just want to clarify something before we get into this, is that, as we've already mentioned, I avoid things that I think look of terrible. Course. So this is more, I guess, things that I wasn't completely satisfied by but or disappointed, disappointed by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fine, yeah. So this one might get me a bit of shtick, actually. Okay. The first one on my list, number 10, is Pixar's film Luca. Oh, okay. Which I know has pleased people mostly. And it's got like a pretty good score on Rotten Tomatoes and critically it's done pretty well. I just thought it was completely forgettable. Like it finished Jay. and I went, that was fine. That was totally fine. Oh. And conceptually, like from the beginning, I was like, how many hats does this film want to wear? Like it felt like it was trying to do so much so quickly and it didn't feel like it ever paid some of the things off. Like his best, Luca's best friend in it, like his dad, like... Didn't feel like any of that ever came to anything. And then there was this whole subplot about the, this race that they needed to do to win the thing. And yeah. it just all became a little bit like straight to video to, for me. Well, of course, it did go straight to streaming. Yeah, I but, to so, say- but so did... Um, uh, what was the the jazz one? Oh, my God, what's it oh, called? Oh, yeah, Soul. Soul. That went straight to Disney Plus over Christmas. And that was, without a doubt, one of the best films of the year. It was okay. so, so stunning. They okay. swooped in right at the end and went, yeah, we're going to just drop the mic. I'm disappointed because I, I loved Luca. I thought, you know, for me, it was a, it was a coming of age or coming out story. Mm. It's about these, you know, the two, the two boys who have this friendship because they both got a secret, which is that they're sea monsters and they can't be revealed to be sea monsters because society hates sea monsters. So... They have this glorious friendship, but no one is able to know what it what it is. I mean, a lot of people co- compared it to um, Luca Guadagnino. In fact, one critic called it "Le Call Me by Me," "Le Call Me by Your Name," sure. which is which is a you know great pun that I just fluffed there. I'm sorry. I'm um, sure that like when they thought of "Le Call Me by My, By Your Name," they, again, it's hard to say. It, it, it. It's it better is. written down, I imagine. Yeah. You just take a day off. Yeah, like, exactly. That's a, that's you go have a bath. Such a good go have a bath. You know, have a have a, have a walk. It's like, <laughs> my work here is done. Uh, I I thought it was I loved I loved the look of it I loved the, I thought oh, it was beautifully warm and generous and you know but you are not the first person to have to have said that I was going to say that maybe the reason that you were down on it was because it was you know it went straight to streaming but you're absolutely right Soul was yeah. was on Disney Plus and it feels weird that that's what Disney are doing at the moment that their animated stuff seems to be going on there for free and the the live action stuff seems to be like super expensive if you want to get it and not see it in the cinema yeah. which is a weird choice because Soul it just it feels weird to be getting that for free I was like I would pay for this this is incredible yeah. but this I thought was like just because sometimes Pixar have done this where they they're not they they haven't always remained hitters, you know, like the good yeah, yeah. dinosaur, not great. Yeah, no rubbish. Yeah, you know, and good this... dinosaur had one good gag, which is that the meteorite doesn't Misses. hit Earth. Yeah, that's it. Brilliant. And and I, like, I, as soon as I saw that concept, short film. Yeah, right, that's a short absolutely film. Absolutely, it is. Yes, it, it feels like it should have been a Pixar short. Yeah. And this, I love the idea of what you just said about a coming out story about like, you know, they're sea monsters and they don't want to reveal that to anybody because they're afraid of what people will think. And then, you know, spoilers, everybody. It turns out that the whole time sea monsters have been living among them. And it's not just them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I like that idea. I just didn't feel it. Okay. I think okay. I think maybe if it was more focused, I maybe would have felt that a bit more. But it felt like it was doing so many different things okay. that I did. And and like I say, like the subplot about this race that they have to do felt very like just the race which involves in. cycling, swimming, and yeah. eating pasta. Yeah, just, yeah, just bizarre. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and I think it's actually based on a real thing because no one could have made that up. I hope. Right? I hope it is. Although it feels incredibly like stereotypical, doesn't it? What could they do on this? Uh, eat pasta. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, Luca. That was hard to watch. You uh coming? We do not go anywhere near the surface. Got it? Everything good is above the surface. Walking. Air. The sky, clouds, the sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. Have you ever gone to the human town? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. Okay, so um, on to number nine. So my number nine, again, I'm sure you haven't seen this, is Monster Hunter. Now, the reason I... So Monster Hunter is... It, it, it's a film that does exactly what it says on the tin, right. okay? So it's Paul uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. No, not Paul Thomas Anderson. No, yeah, pa- Paul, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson's Monster Hunter. I would love to see Daniel that. Daniel Day-Lewis is great in it. He just stands <laughs> around hunting monsters, and then after that he went off to be a shoemaker. So Paul W.S. Anderson, who, of course, you know, critics haven't been nice about his films well, with the exception of Event Horizon, which I, I really liked, but he's made you know things which have been really really successful. Like he made the you know he made the Mortal Kombat, yeah, the recently 90s remade. One. He did the Resident Evil movies, which the whole Resident Evil series has taken you know over a billion dollars, and he's done I think you know three or four of them. So this is uh, Mila Jovovich. Isn't he married to her? Yes, or were right, they partners? Right, right. I don't know whether whether oh, I don't oh, know. Sure. Yes, they're, they are, they're together. Yes, they're together. Yes. So, I, well, I mean. My, my thought on that is like good for them yes exactly they're just making the things that they like exactly but here's the thing <laughs> who cares so she, she's in the real world and then she gets pulled through a portal into this other world where there are monsters and they have to be hunted and then they have to be they have to be hunted and then Tony Jaw turns up as a character called Hunter and what he does is he hunts monsters and then for the rest of the movie they hunt monsters and it's very boring there's no kind of you know plot development or character or anything like that but the one thing that was funny about it was somebody wrote a letter to the radio show that i do with um simon mayo saying that they thought the bbfc had completely misjudged giving it a 12 certificate because it was so violent it was just full of monster hunting you go it's literally called monster hunter <laughs> that's it there that's there are monsters they are hunted that nothing else happens they hunt the monsters and one of the characters is called Hun- hunter and, and and that's it so it was almost like somebody sat down and went how simple can we make this? <laughs> we need to tell people that there are monsters being on it. Should we? Should we call it monsters? Anyway, it's 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 a very boring you know adaptation of a game that unfortunately didn't tick any of the boxes for me. Mm-hmm. And I read a lot of stuff from other people who who were invested in the characters of Monster Hunter mm-hmm. and thought that the film was you know just whiffle. Where the hell are we? That lightning it hit those markers and it took us somewhere. Gas! So what? Are we like Guardians of the Galaxy now? On our six! Yeah, bros. Holy shit. Did you see that thing? Your right. number nine? My number nine. I'm going back to television again. Okay. Um, and I'm also going to say, I didn't watch the whole series of this. Yeah. 
uh, and this is why it's in my in my worst because I didn't want to finish it, and okay. and it's going to disappoint some people because I think this was very very well received. There was a lot of chatter about this. Yeah. I wonder if you've seen it. Uh, Mayor of East Town. Oh. This is in your worst list. I didn't enjoy Jack. it. Jack, you and I are going to break up. Oh, um, well. Um, we let, are let, me, so let me just tell you. Finished. Let me just tell you because again, I don't think it's awful. I don't think I'm not. It's not obviously not the same type of list that you've made. I just wasn't taken with it at all and again it's for you would call it straight to the heart of the periphery yeah it's, here, for we me, here we go for me it's the it's the these, these little details that stop me from believing in it okay. for me it felt like pseudo david fincher i think that kate winslet what? is so good in it she's and if it did if it wasn't for her and actually we'll talk about this when i talk about nobody yeah. if it wasn't for that central performance i don't think people would be as taken with it and sure that's that's a big part of it but the yeah. way that it's written and the it's way that it's directed, Mayor of East sure. Town. So yeah, that but is the, a very big part of it. But the way that like the scenes are written and directed felt so fake, so like I just couldn't believe in them. For example, the introduction of the the girl who ends up getting murdered in the first episode yeah. is her with her baby, literally going, "I love you so much. I've never loved anything more than you. I didn't know anything like this could be possible to feel love like this. I hope nothing bad happens." And I was just watching it, just being like, "Well, I mean, I, you're make you're trying to make me care about this person because she loves this baby, but." I can feel you making me want to care about it, so I'm kind of rejecting it. I'm kind of, I can see the magic trick being done. I can see the strings and the puppet, and I can't believe in the show. It's little things like Mare comes in at some point and finds a kid doing homework, and he's like, like the the again this is just like direction it's the way that they've like set it up it's the blocking of it he's like leaning on like a chair doing his homework like by the fire or something and i was like are we in an ikea advert and then there's another <laughs> scene where some kids are like having a sleepover and she goes mom and then the mom just comes straight in the room like she's outside waiting for her cue and i was like this feels like it feels put on it feels like a show it feels like I can't really believe in the reality. I was like, what was the mum doing before that moment? Like, it just felt a little bit like, why were you just like there waiting for you? I don't know. Like, it's those things that stop me from really, really buying into what's going on. And so I only watched two episodes of it and I went, I'm not bothered about this. I can't, I can't So here's the thing. Firstly, you you need to watch the rest of it because believe, I mean, it's not like it gets, but I loved it from the beginning. Sure. Um, I think every single one of the points that you've raised is like my friend Charlie Baker watched Videodrome with me in the 1980s and didn't like it because if the television started breathing, the varnish on the wood would crack and it didn't. And I'm going... No, it's not that. I'm going, I'm sorry, what, in what, in what? World I, is this a complaint? Okay, so other other thing, right? Kate, Kate Winslet is. We say like, well, if it wasn't for Kate Winslet, is rather like saying, well, you know, that film, The Ten Commandments. If it wasn't for God, that film, you know, which is <laughs> nothing would happen. I thought she was absolutely. She's superb. She is just. She's so she's good. brilliant, and, and of course and, she is. And I'm not a huge fan of Craig Zobel, who's the kind of you know creator of this. I haven't liked some of his previous stuff, but I just honestly, I Jack, I was gripped. I was riveted. I, it did the thing about evoking the place. You know, all my favourite things have got a really strong sense of place, like Local Hero and like Exorcist. You know, you, you you know the streets that these are taking place in. I believed in East Town. I believed in that character. I'm so. I I would genuinely say this. You need to go back and revisit it. You, you need. Do you, you think need, so? Because I, I I know we watch things in a different sense, and I know you're saying that like the complaints I have about it don't make sense to you. But those are the things that like that like create a barrier for me that okay. stop me okay. from believing okay. in the okay. thing. Okay, here's the thing, right? 
do episode three. Okay. Right. If you're not sold by the end of episode three, I'll you know I'll, I'll allow you. Do episode three. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. okay. episode three is oh my. It, it is a bit unfair as well that I've I've included this, but I've included it because it was an experience I was disappointed by yeah, because I heard so many people enjoying it, and yeah. you have a dark, dead heart. <laughs> okay, it was pseudo David Fincher. It, it, it so wasn't. I mean, I oh, can... I love this baby. I hope I don't get killed. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for joining us to celebrate the proudest moment in East Town sports history, and finally, Miss Lady Hawk herself, Mayor Shin. See this yet? Big write-up in the Tribune. I'm going to frame it and hang it up in your office. Yeah, please do. My daughter's been missing for exactly one year, and the police aren't doing anything. How's your mother doing? She's being the hero. (laughs) Of all the houses my ex-husband can move into, he has to buy the one right behind mine. Well, I heard he got a really good deal on it. All right, so on to number eight. So my number eight, again, I, I doubt you will have seen this because many people didn't. It's been, it was sitting around on a shelf for two years before it finally got released. Oh, I know what it's going to be. Frankie. Oh, right, That no. wasn't what you thought. Okay, fine. No, I thought it was going to be Chaos Walking. Oh, no. You know, funnily enough, I've left that out of my list. Actually, I'm going <laughs> to... Are did, we going? Are you... Did that come out in the last six months, Chaos Walking? I, I am think... pretty sure it did, yeah. Did it? Okay, well, I'm, I'm yeah, going to... Yeah, it's a 2021 film. Wow, and that's been sitting around ooh, maybe even a bit longer. Okay, I'm gonna have to scoot something. I'm gonna I'm gonna do Frankie now anyway because okay. I'm gonna have to scoot Chaos. Well, I thought it came out for that anyway. So, Frankie is one of those films. Isabel Huppert, right? Love Isabel Huppert in absolutely everything except Frankie, and uh, obviously bits of Heaven's Gate. So the story is uh, Isabel Huppert is this fabulous person who is she's she's terminally ill, but she's got terminal movie illness, so she looks fantastic, but she's going to die, but she looks fantastic, and she's gathered all her friends and relatives together in the Portuguese town of Sintra so that they can all get everything out of their system and literally this is how this, the movie's made by Iris Sachs right who's mm-hmm. you know he's a proper filmmaker made uh, Love is Strange and is very interesting so Brendan Gleeson Jeremy Renier Marisa Tomei um, Greg Kinnear I'm sure that what, I'm sure that what happened is somebody went we need a holiday yeah we're right. going to Sintra here Ira can you write a film <laughs> yeah no we just yeah, we, we, and scenes happen like this like a camera is just there okay and so people walk in in front of the camera and they go blah 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 and then they go off again it's almost like Iris Axe wasn't even there it's like I've set the camera up I'm going to go and have a coffee you want to cry I'll see you around the way we'll have a nice bowl of pasta the it literally looks like outtakes from somebody's holiday home movie. And like, the, does that, that sounds like it's like B-roll. Like it's just like, yeah. what's well, just like a single wide shot where the yeah. scene happens. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I, so I hate that sort of stuff when it's not purposeful. But yeah, and I started thinking, now, is this purposeful? No, this is just, it's like they just don't care. Right. It, 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 Lazy. It, 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 yeah, it is the laziest. Although that said... It looks like they all had a really nice holiday. Well, good for them. They had a nice time, and they probably got suntans, and that's <laughs> lovely. I just didn't need to go with them. You're Francois Cremont's husband. I'm a big fan. Wow, you're a lucky man. I know I am. No, I'm sure I know it. Oh, yes, bien sûr. Paul, you're jeune, you're in good health. We're all in the same place in the world, right? You know, in all my years in the film business, she's the only actress I've become really great friends with. Oh, I love I wanted you to come here to meet my family. <laughs> She's in a hurry. So you know. Uh, number eight. Yes. I will say nobody now. Let's let's talk okay, about nobody. Okay, all right, okay, okay. 
And again, I'll be clear. I didn't dislike nobody. I went to go see it on a day where I wasn't feeling great. I was like, I'm going to go have a... I went into central London. I had a walk around Hyde Park in the sun. Had a very nice time. And then thought, I'm going to go to the cinema and just, just go by myself, see what's on. I literally did the thing that I never do, which is go and see what's on, what time. Oh, yeah, I'll okay. go and see nobody. I haven't seen that yet. Um, sat down and had a perfectly okay time. Yeah. But was like, that was, that was quite bad. I think that was bad. <laughs> but I think it was... It wasn't very good, but I th- I kind of enjoyed it. Like I love Bob Odenkirk, and again, I think you know maybe redundant thing to say, but if it wasn't him, I just don't know if it would have worked the same. Okay. The repetitive, like daily life cuts, you know, the the yeah, slurping, yeah, yeah. the, the Edgar Wright stuff, the, the Edgar Wrighty type thing, yeah, which I love. I just thought it was like it felt like it wasn't the choice until the edit. And it felt like none of the shots were meant to do that until they, I don't know. And this is obviously just completely speculative, but then they kept doing it. And I was like, I get it. I get the point. Like you don't need to keep showing me the same shot. And it felt like the same shots. It was the same shots. It's so weird because like all your criticisms Go on. are like, you know, like filmmaker criticism. Yeah, well. No, I know. I know. I understand. I understand. But <laughs> it's like, you're talking to. no, I know. I know. I, but, but it's like, did you not just get swept up in the absolute genius of Bob Odenkirk? Kicking the living crap. Well, this out is of my next point: bus. is that there's a lot of build-up in the film to like Boy Bodenkirk secretly being an absolute fucking badass, right? Yeah. And there's even a scene in like a dark, uh, almost like club or something like that, where somebody realizes who he is, and then this very funny joke happens where he goes and hides behind a door, and you hear all the different locks that he that he does <laughs> to try and save himself. Great joke, but it's building up this tension of like, oh, Bob Odenkirk's character is actually really dangerous, yeah. and then you get to that bus scene, which to me felt like it was like, it almost felt like the uh, the fallout of Joker. Like I, I, that's what I was seeing in this film as well. Is that like it's that same type of thing where really? some oh, okay. some a woman on a, on public transport is being harassed by some drunken men, and then the main character, our our protagonist, is going to do something about that. And obviously in Joker, it's this. I think one of the best scenes in Joker. And I don't love that film, but it has merit. And I think that scene is one of the one of the best. And then this felt like it had that kind of feel to it. But then uh, when he was like, "I'm going to fuck you up." I was like, here we go then. Let's have this sort of John Wick-esque, he's going to kick the living crap out yeah. of these guys' fight. And I was just underwhelmed oh, really? by that fight. You see, what I loved about that fight was you can actually, you can almost see him remembering how to fight. The first thing that happens is he throws a punch and it misses and he gets walloped mm-hmm. and he goes down. And it's like, oh, I haven't done this for a while. Mm-hmm. And then during the course of the fight, it's like he remembers how it is that he has all his lethal skills. I mean, I thought that was choreographed beautifully. I, thought, I honestly thought the fight, the fight choreography was great. I also thought the scene in which you see the, the Russian, who is, of course, a very, very famous, serious Russian actor, you first see him you know, walk across the road, stopping all the traffic, then into the club, then up, up onto the karaoke stage, and he does the karaoke <laughs> thing before he goes up into the balcony when he proves himself to be the baddest, nastiest person on the planet. Jack, I... Well, hey, look, you know, I, I, I was disappointed as well that like what I thought it was setting up, like because he one of the first plot points in it, as Mark mentioned in the good parts, is that he has an opportunity <laughs> to take down some uh, some people who have broken into his house and he doesn't take he the doesn't, chance. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting thing for the movie to do, because that's what we're all willing him to do it as well. And then he goes and finds the people who broke into his house. And it turns out the reason why they're doing it is because they have a baby who is, needs yeah, medical attention. Interesting. Really interesting. And then I thought, oh, is this what the film is going to be? No. It's, 
And then it isn't. No, and no. then he's like, oh, I've got all this anger now. What do I do? I need to take it out somewhere. I'll just do it on these random assholes on a bus. It just felt very random. Really? I didn't think that the film felt like it was purposefully oh, doing something. But again, I didn't. I found it to be. I was like, it's fine. It's okay. I just didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was anywhere near on the same level as John Wick. Okay, I loved it. My, my favourite line is, you bought a lot of guns, you bought a lot of Russians. Which I thought was just genius. So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch. Mr. Madsen, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm going to fuck you up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Number seven, you have just basically saved Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar from being in my list because I had forgotten okay. that Chaos Walking came out in the first six months of this year. And Chaos Walking is one of the worst films I have seen in a very long time. And the really sad thing about it is it's an interesting idea. Yeah. So the interesting idea is that there's a planet in which everyone can hear you talk, hear your, your thoughts. And Isn't it men only? Men can, yeah, but there's only, there's only men there. And right. then because of a you know thing. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. No, I haven't, okay. but I know a lot about it. Okay. And so what happens is girl arrives on the planet and oh, this is a, a whole different thing. And but the way in which the thoughts of the main characters are, are sort of—it's like this kind of purple fart fog Jesus. flies around their heads, you know, which is their thoughts talking to themselves and blah and blah blah blah. That's the blah, design blah. choice that they that landed on. That is the on, design is choice. And considering how long this thing was in kind of you know yeah. development or post-production hell or whatever it was, and it, I, th- I think you're right. It was a couple of years ago that it was finally Definitely. finished. I mean, I'm sure it was supposed to come out at the height of. Tom Holland has just become Spider-Man yeah. and Daisy Ridley is in Star Wars. Yeah. And Doug Lyman is the director who did a decent director, Edge of Tomorrow and, and the first Bourne Swingers. film. He's, he's really good. Yeah. And, yeah, and yet Chaos Walking is really, really, really... I mean, terrible to the point that you just... It is, it is like they are walking around amid clouds of purple fart gas... <laughs> 
talking internally in space. Did it feel like it was setting up a sequel as well at the end? It felt like, I mean, it, the, the whole thing looked like it was intending to, but it's almost like halfway through they realised if they got to the end of the movie with themselves yeah. intact, they'd be, I mean, I just, it was it was awful. And thank you for, because Barb and Saga de Vista del Mar is very, very bad, but it's not as bad as that. So thank you, that's my number seven. He's stronger than he knows. You better watch your noise. Snake. 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 Those men catch you, they'll kill you. Get in the boat! If you want to protect the girls, you have to leave now. Keep you safe, safe. Keep you safe. Safe. With her power, there's no telling what he can do. I need that girl before she wants him. Come in here, come in. A hundred. Two hundred. Thousands. Come on. I'm Hewitt, the man. Fight. Be quiet. I'm trying, I'm trying. Come on. Fight. 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 My number seven, and again, I'm going to disappoint some people. Okay. In the Heights. Oh, okay. I. This I, is the I Lin Manuel it, Miranda. Li, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda's first musical. That's the, now the one before. One before Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't taken with it at all. I found all the songs, to be honest, very annoying. Oh, I found really? it, yeah, just very screechy. I was just like, ugh. And. I understand that it's like um, celebrating a culture that we haven't really seen on screen before. And I think that's wonderful. I don't want to take away from that at all. But I found some of the like moment to moment story plots and character like drama to be very dull. And just it's a little bit like typical, like, oh, I like him, but he likes someone else and I'm not doing well at school and I don't fit in. And it was all just felt very Disney Channel. And I was just like, and it's two Disney and a half Channel. hours. It's so fucking long. It's so long and it doesn't need to be that long. And I, 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 I found myself like dozing and then waking back up and, be, and just be, oh, we're still here. Like, and I just didn't, I wasn't taken with it. I wasn't charmed by it. I found it bloody annoying. I had to be a honest. friend who got in touch recently and I said, I it was just, I was texting them and I said, oh, I haven't heard from you for ages. Where have you been? He said, I've been watching In the, in the Heights and it's still not finished. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I, I, have to say, I liked it. I thought it was exuberant. I liked the tunes. I mean, they're show tunes. When you say yeah. screechy, I mean, they, it, it's front foot. There's, I mean, there's not an ounce of subtlety in it. It's not all led all. on the front foot. I love the thing in the swimming pool when they were doing the Busby Berkeley routine. I mean, yes, you, 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 you know, there's something kind of formulaic about it, but I just... I, I thought it was... I mean, I love, a, I love a good musical. I love the dancing on the side of the building. Mm. I love the... I love the camera. I just this is it. Do you know what you, you're mentioning things? I'm like, I should be charmed by this stuff, and yet I yeah. wasn't charmed by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is definitely true that it is one of those films that if you're not charmed by that stuff, you could very quickly get annoyed by it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I do know other people who have felt the same. I didn't. I just kind of thought, you know, we're in lockdown and this is all stuff that's happening at street parties and stuff happening outside. And, you know, and I, It's exactly why I said I don't want to ruin anyone's good time. Cause no, if, no, if, sure. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't like it, but I'm not going <laughs> to you know, launch a campaign against it. I yeah. don't think it shouldn't exist. It's just like, I, I was just like, nah. That's very magnanimous of you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very generous. What does Juanito mean? 
Sueñito. It means little dream. That's it? No story? All right, all right, everybody sit down, sit down. It's a story of a block that was disappearing. In a barrio called Washington Heights, the streets were made of music. You probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. Morning, Usnavi. Pan caliente, cafe con leche. On these blocks, you can't walk two steps without bumping into someone's big plan. I'm making moves, I'm making deals, but guess what? What? You still ain't got no skills. I've been saving up all my pennies and my piggy bank for this day. This is going to be an emotional roller coaster. The odds are against you. But there's a chance, right? All right, so my number six. Now, you might have seen this. is Wild Mountain Time. Did you I see haven't this? seen this. Okay, you don't need to see the film. All you need to do is the trailer. Wild Mountain Time is a cod Irish Blarney romance uh, in which... Uh, oh, we wow, have- time is spelt... Time, yeah, because it's the song. It's, it's a song, right, 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 time. right. So uh, Jamie Dorn, who is Irish, uh, Emily Blunt, who isn't, and uh, they are sort of, they're star-crossed lovers. They're not lovers because Jamie Dornan can't ever declare his love, and she's in love with him. I have seen the trailer for this. Yeah, and it features, as the father figure, that famous Irish actor, Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken's Irish accent. I mean, we've talked about, you know, uh, Ray Winston doing Russian in uh, Black Widow. Christopher Walken's Irish accent was literally like somebody had taken a toilet brush and inserted it into my ears and was now cleaning the inside of my head. With it. it is, it, I mean, I won't do it. Here's the weird thing. Jamie Dornan's Irish accent is terrible. And this is what I was Irish. about to say. Even, I remember in the trailer, I was even like, I don't think he's Irish. Oh, he is he's Irish. Irish. That is the worst real Irish accent I've ever heard. It's got, I mean, it is just... Why did Emily Blunt do that movie? I don't know. Does she live in Ireland? Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they had a holiday. You know, maybe... The, I, 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 words fail me. It is... I mean, I saw the trailer and I thought there's no way it can be as bad as that trailer. And then you watch the film and you go, good Lord, the trailer's got the good bits in it. It's, it's, it is top of the morning, top of the morning wow. to you. Here I am in a field with a cow and, <laughs> and, and, and something, you know, have a, and then, then they all sing. And, you know, it, it is like, it's like a night on the lash in an Irish theme pub. <laughs> you know, that would never be never be frequented by anyone who'd ever actually been to Ireland. <laughs> it's, oh, good Lord in heaven. Yes, it is very, very bad. But the trailer, I think the trailer does a brilliant job of summing up just how awful it is. Right. Christopher Walken's accent. Christopher Chris, Chris Walken. Walken. He, he only does one. He, he's like, he does Christopher Walken, yeah. right? He could do Sicilian. He could do it, you know, Italian. He could do danger. He cannot do Irish. And you just think... Somebody, Irish is one of those ones that I don't think many many can do yeah, it's okay. very specific no, that is true but Christopher Walken spectacularly <laughs> can't do it it, 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 it is like you got, is he taking the piss yeah is, is he going to do that voice for the whole of the rest of the film <laughs> oh he is it's, yeah was it so bad it's funny it is funny. I mean, it, it is it is funny, but in a kind of scream-inducing way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that if here's the weird thing, um, I you know it's it's that kind of cod 
Blarney stuff that I think is, you know, borderline offensive. Yeah. I actually know a couple of people who says, oh, well, you know, it's fine. We don't mind. You know, the fact that nobody can do an Irish accent and nobody looks, so we don't mind. It's kind of nice. The scenery looks nice and the scenery does look nice. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to Ireland. Once upon a time, there were two farms. The Muldoon farm where Rosemary lived and right down the road was my farm where my son Anthony asked his lonely question of the stars. Why did you make me so? Rosemary Muldoon. Yeah! Besotted with love. There's these green fields, and there's us. Whatever that is, it holds me here. Oh, what is this, those things? It's not normal. I don't care. You take after John Kelly, and that man was mad as the full moon. Drowned himself. He fell in. He had a rock tied to his neck. Rosemary, we're known to each other quite the while now. Would you marry me? <laughs> Are you going to leave the farm to Anthony? I don't see a clear path. From where to where? From me to you. My cousin is coming. What do you think? It's the finest car I've ever seen. You're not from the farm to an American. I'm waiting for that one. What are you waiting for? Me, I don't wait. I do like that. You should come to New York sometime. Yeah, that's my number six, Wild Mountain Time. What's yours? And this is one we're finishing on. This is, yeah, for this. And then... So I, I have picked this one. And again, I thought it was fine. I've picked it basically so that we can have a discussion about this okay. because I know you really, really enjoyed this. Okay, okay. So I didn't think this was bad. Okay. I just, I didn't, I wasn't as taken with it as everybody else. Okay. It's another TV show. Yeah. Time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring Sean Bean yeah, yeah. and... Um, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. What's I his name? I absolutely loved it. The other actor. Oh, Stephen... Uh, yeah, Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham. So... Who should... Yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty good. Mostly. I was a little bit disappointed by it because it felt like a bit of a... Uh, a I, I found a, saw some moments that were like a waste of potential in my, in my eyes. And okay. the fact that it's only three episodes long, yeah. I feel like it could have been maybe improved by spending more <laughs> time on it um, and with them. So the first moment in that show when I was like, oh, because I was really enjoying just being with Sean Bean's character. By the way, if, if people haven't seen this, it's a show on BBC where Sean Bean's character is put into a high-security prison um, for a crime that you will learn we're not, about. We're not, we're not sure, sure what, it, what is. it is that he's done or if he's done it or if he's innocent or whatever, and we we follow that, and there's some other tension to do with Stephen... Stephen uh, Graham is the prison uh, warden who's yes. in charge of the prison. And yes. So, yeah, it's, it's and, about their two characters. And what happens in the first episode is that you're with Sean Bean for a good... 20 minutes or so I'd say where he's being brought into the prison he's being showered down he's having things taken off him he's being shown his his uh, his cell and it felt like this very patient very real um, very upsetting very upsetting very upsetting um, like, like play by play of what it would be like to be, have an experience like this and I was I was really like sold and I was really interested and intrigued by it and felt like I'd really settled into the mood and I really like it when television shows don't feel like they're being television shows and yeah, they're not yeah. like showing you and it's like just gently letting you into the mood of it all and then there's a scene where uh, a prisoner goes up to Stephen Graham's character who is a prison guard yeah. in there and tells him I know your son's in another prison yeah. So if you don't help me, I'm going to get someone to fuck up your son. Yeah. And it plays like a television show. 
it felt it feels like soap opera really? i almost feel like the show was like visually introducing you to things so patiently and then that scene was like and oh, we need to get this story in as well and i think if that scene had happened visually for example if you'd seen stephen graham's character go to a prison and visit his son you would have been like oh i've put the piece together his son's also in prison instead they had an intact and an antagonist character just tell you there is a situation i know about it here's some tension and i just felt a little bit like jolted by it it just jarred me okay, and okay. It, do you know what i'm saying like no, it, oh, no, you i don't, don't know get... what no because I, I i didn't get any of that i watched the three episodes one after the other me too and i thought it was absolutely brilliant i thought that both sean bean and stephen graham they were fantastic. deserve you know every accolade going i thought that the the induction into the prison was terrifying and mm. felt really felt like okay that's you know i'm that, that seems to me like that probably is what happens i thought by the time he ends up in the cell and he's sharing the cell so yeah. there isn't everything's taken with not even any privacy of course you know, people will know this but until you actually see it played out in yeah. front of you the way in which that all that stuff is taken away but i thought the genius of it was that that they're both in the prison he and the prison they're both trapped in this thing obviously the way the narrative then works is it does do the kind of you know mirroring thing but i believed in this i believed in both their situations because the point is they're both in situations in which they appear to have no control over what happens and actually i thought the stephen graham character was fantastic because it was what can i do what can i do what can i do and i never felt any of those things now you know yeah you're saying that and i'm thinking yeah well why didn't that bother me why didn't that scene bother me and it may just be that i was so wrapped up in it I mean, I just, when I remember it now, I don't even remember individual scenes. I just remember it as being an emotional mm. sucker punch. And I watched it with Linda and we both just watched straight through. And I I just thought it was fantastic. But so, I watched it with my, I, w I went home for Father's Day and my dad was interested in watching it. So we ended up watching it over the weekend oh, wow. and he really loved it. Okay. And I didn't want yeah. to, again, like I wasn't going to yeah. be like taking it down there and then. I was just like, I wasn't as taken with it as he was. Okay. And it was because it became... It's uh, the only thing I can think to compare it to right now is when Game of Thrones started getting more and more like a television show and, and less and less like a uh, sprawling narrative that was unfolding and it started to be more on its own and less adapted by the books. Okay. That's how it started to feel when I was watching this. It felt at first like it was unfolding really beautifully and then at first and then it started to like just give you like plot points and things to like surprise you. And I mean to just to sort of my point of it is that it's written by uh, a guy called Jimmy McGovern. Yeah, Jimmy McGovern. A guy called Jimmy McGovern. Jimmy McGovern. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who is sort of a 70-something-year-old man who used to work for, like, Coronation Street and things like that. He's a He's... really famous and very I'm important sure, writer. I'm sure he is. And... But it feels like the writing of a 70-year-old man, and it was directed... Oh, it, it, it was... No, look, I, I know I'm being quite dismissive. No, sorry, sorry, go ahead. But it was directed by a guy called Lewis Arnold, who is uh, quite a... He directed, like, Misfits and, quite, and Humans and quite a lot of, like, cool, younger, sort of interesting television shows. Yeah. And it feels like those two things are wrestling with each other. Okay. It feels like there's a, a young, interesting filmmaker who is trying to make... And he successfully is creating something very, very visually interesting and it feels like the work of a 70 year old man combined with that and that's what it felt like it felt like the, the sort of old sensibilities and the younger filmmaker were kind of clashing and i think i was feeling that when you know, i was if watching you, it if you, if you want to see a film about imprisonment um you should see the shining it's it's made by a guy called stanley kubrick oh yeah yeah and he, you know it's <laughs> 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 
Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so we're going to leave this here now, and then the next podcast we're going to do our uh, number five to number one of our best uh, films of the year so far, January through June, and then after that we'll do number five to number one of uh, of our worst. And as I said, well done for saving Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar <laughs> from the walk of shame. Kristen Wigg, you are welcome. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, check out the first part if you haven't heard it already, and there are two more parts coming in which we do the number five to number one one of our best and worst of the year so far. And to anybody that I've pissed off in this episode... That's Jack I'm, Howard. I'm, <laughs> at on everything. Jack Howard. Come for me. I will not apologise. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.